praise the Lord, this is DK Garuba's Rock Solid Tooth. And I am so glad that you have joined with us all over the world. And let me say to each and every mother, amen. Happy Mother's Day. We are praying for you and we are blessed to have you with us today. Praise the Lamb of God. I pray that each and every one of you are rejoicing in the Lord, walking in the power of His might, and walking in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all things are working out for your glory. Amen. Because that's what the Word of God says to those that love Him. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, please turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. <laughs> If you don't have your Bibles, let me get it very quickly, amen, praise the Lamb of God, so that you can go through the Scripture with us, and you can also read it as we present it to you, praise the Lamb of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let us pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for the many, many, many mothers throughout the entire world that have borne children and have given them life, and we thank you and praise you for that very presence. Amen. We'll give you all the praise and all of the glory in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. For the past 17 weeks, I have been bringing you a sequence of messages concerning contending with the faith. You know, as I was thinking about that, I wonder how many understand what that really means, contending for the faith. What does it mean, contending for the faith? It means to engage in a battle, to win, or to achieve something. To engage in a battle, to win, or to achieve something. Now. We don't have to engage in a battle concerning faith. Because faith has been imparted to us when the Lord Jesus Christ became our Lord and Savior. So that is not what the battle that we are in. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Here is what the battle is about. The battle is about whether or not you're going to walk by faith or walk by sight. That's the battle. It's not about faith. I know many, many people that pray for faith. You don't have to pray for faith because every born-again child of God has been given a measure of faith. The battle is about whether you're going to walk by faith or you're going to walk by sight. Whether or not you're going to walk according to the Word of God only or you're going to walk by your five senses. And according to which one you walk by is going to determine the victory that you're going to partake in. Praise the Lamb of God. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. 
despising the shame, and, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We know according to the word of God whose faith it is, and that has been imparted to us. But when we look at Jesus, are we aware that through the faith that he has given, that we have the ability of hoping in substance and the evidence of things that we are able to see that are not seen. Do we understand that? Do we know that? Because that's exactly what Hebrews chapter 11, 1 tells us. Hebrews chapter 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So what is this now faith? It's the faith that overcomes the world. The world that you live in. The world that surrounds you. Look at 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. I wonder how many children of God are getting that today. The word of God says your faith can overcome the world. And yet, it sounds good, it preaches good, but do you really believe it? Do you believe that every mountain that is in your path, every situation and circumstance that's in your path, everything that comes against you negatively, do you believe that your faith overcomes that mountain over and over and over and over again? Doesn't matter whether it's about deliverance, doesn't matter whether it's about salvation. Doesn't matter whether it's about healing. It doesn't matter whether it's about prosperity. Do you believe that your faith overcomes and gives you victory over every single mountain that is in this world? Because that's the question. Because the Word of God tells you that this faith, this now faith, that has been given to you through the Lord Jesus Christ when you become born again. This now faith overcomes your problems. Well, does it? Because you have to answer that. Does it? And if it doesn't, it's not because there's a problem with the author and the finisher of the faith. The problem is you. Now nobody wants to hear that. And I'm not coming down on you, and I'm not condemning you. I'm just telling you the problem. I'm telling you what's before us. Because the Word of God says that this faith overcomes the world. Well, let's just speak about your world. Because that's the world we're speaking about. The mountains in your world. The situations and circumstances in your world. Praise the Lamb of God. Whatsoever or whosoever is born of God overcometh the world to this faith. Hallelujah. When you think, for as a man so thinketh in his heart so he is, when your thinking is wrapped around that scripture or those scriptures, all of a sudden, you become a world ruler. I'll say it again. You become a world ruler simply because 
of your faith. No devil in hell is going to overcome you. No negative response is going to overcome you. But you don't understand, Pastor. I mean, you just got to have common sense. No, you got to believe the Word of God. I remember so many times trying to get a hold of this prosperity thing. And in this prosperity of dealing every single day with poverty. And it wasn't until I believed that I was prosperous that the prosperity was put to the wayside, even though poverty was still present. It's the mindset. It's what you think, for as a man so thinketh in his heart, so he is. When you think that you are a conqueror, when you think that you are more than a conqueror, when you think that you are the head and not the tail, when you think that you can overcome the world, when you think that you can overcome your problem and overcome your mountain, when you think it, it shall be so, simply because as a man so thinketh in his heart, so he is. Praise the Lamb of God. That is what I'm talking about. You ain't going to do it. I'll do it. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. God wants you to walk in His completeness. And you are complete in which is the head of all principality and power. Very few of God's people have the of walking in the completeness of Him. You're complete in Him. That's what the Word of God tells you. You're complete in Him. Are you complete in your soul? No. Are you complete in your body? No. But in your new man, you're complete. You're complete. But the faith that has been given to us needs to have a transmission. Praise the Lamb of God. And that transmission needs to send forth through the knowledge of Almighty God. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God. So listen to me very carefully. God is always transmitting. I'll say that again. God is always transmitting. God is always sending out. We're at Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
God's always transmitting. God is always sending out. God is always communicating. God is always... The power is always available. It's always available. But it can only be received by faith. That is powerful. So what are you telling me, preacher? Are you telling me that God is transmitting, but it can only be received by faith? That's exactly right. It can only be received by faith. And it takes faith to activate that which is being transmitted. Hallelujah. God is a spirit. And he is transmitting in the spirit. And we can only receive the transmission through the spirit and by truth. That's what the Word of God tells us. Word of God tells us that Jesus said, there will come a day, and this is the day, when you will be able to worship me in spirit and truth. That word worship, as I looked into Greek, I wanted to find out what it meant. The reference is, it's like a dog licking the hand of his master. That's the illustration. Bowing down in utter adoration, worshiping Him. Those that worship me in spirit and in truth. It can only be done by truth and faith. It can only be received. Hallelujah. That is powerful. That is the revelation that you and I must understand. The transmission is coming by faith. I use this illustration all of the time, but I want to use it again. In your car is a radio. You're going down the highway, going on a trip. Radio signals are bouncing all over your car. They're in your car, they're bouncing on your car, but until you turn on the radio, you don't get it. You don't get the weather. You don't get no music. You don't get none of those things. Simply because you haven't turned on the radio. It came with the radio. Your car came with the radio. It came right out of the factory. It's got the speaker, so everything is right there. But you've got to hit the button in order to receive the transmission. God is always transmitting. He's always sending out signals. The Word of God is always present. So when you pray and when you fast, now hear me what I'm saying, when you pray and when you fast, and instead of asking for needs for yourself and your loved ones, why don't you pray about being a receptacle of that which has already been given? Well, a radio, if you will, so that you can start having music in your life, so you can have, start having joy in your life, so you can have, start having patience. Oh, don't talk that. So you can start having patience in your life. So you can start having gentleness in your life. All it takes is for you to become a receptacle of that which has already been given. 
I'll take good things, man. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't we pray about becoming a receptacle, a receiver, a conduit of all that's already been given? Because I'll tell you what that will lead you to. It will lead you to the place where you become a true worshiper. A true worshiper. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. By his divine power, by his grace, by his faith, they've all been given to us. You don't have to have any of them. They've all been given to you so that you can worship him and walk in the power and the glory of everything that he's given. Look what it says. Hath given unto us. What does that mean? Hath given unto us. H-A-T-H. What does it mean? It means past tense. Have. In other words, you've got all things inside of you concerning godliness, spiritual, and physical. Everything is inside of you. Prosperity is inside of you. Healing is inside of you. Relationships are inside of you. Forgiveness is inside of you. All, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit is inside of you. The mind of Christ is inside of you. You know all things through the unction of the Holy One. It's all inside your spirit man, your new man. It's all there. <laughs> so powerful. It's inside of you. You know the problem? Your body wants to keep it locked up. Yeah. The only way that it can come forth out of your new man, your spirit man, is by that word called now faith. There's a bridge from the spirit to the physical. That bridge is faith. You've got to walk in that faith. You've got to believe in that faith. You've got to take it by faith. You've got to believe it. You've got to speak to the mountain. And when faith activates itself by you, then that transition is made and it becomes physical in your world. Amen. Amen. Wow. Past tense, 2,000 years ago, it was given. If you're born again, you have it. I can't help it that you're dealing in poverty. I can't help it that you're sick, even though my heart breaks for you. I was watching something this past week, and I'm not going to mention any names, but a man and his wife and they were singers of the gospel. They loved the Lord Jesus Christ. And she died of cancer. Left a, left a little girl. And I just wept. Looking at and watching TV, I just wept. Because he's missing his wife. The daughter is missing her mom. 
And all the while loving God and all the while praising God and all the while it is well with my soul and all of the while she's only 30 some years old all of the while and it didn't have to be. Because God has made a way and made provision for you. I don't care whether it's cancer, I don't care whether it's diabetes, I don't care what it is. God has made a provision. And someone's going to say over and over and over again, well then why are people dying? I'll tell you why they're dying. Because they're dying, because they're asking Jesus to heal them when they've already been healed. Yes. What do you mean they've already been healed? What does that mean? It means that inside of you, if you're a born-again child of God, amen, that you have been healed. You have to manifest it by His divine power. All things have been given to you through the glory and the virtue of Him. And you've got to make that transition from the spirit man, from the spirit world, into the physical world. And when it does, He says, I have sent my word to heal you. And you know what the problem is? Because there are multitudes of people that are dying right now. And there's multitudes of televisions and, and, and computers that are clicking off right now because they're saying, this, no compassion. This man has no compassion. He has, has, has no sense of reality. I'm in a mist. Well, let me tell you, I've lost two wives to the word cancer. So don't tell me I have no compassion and I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you that through this word, by His stripes, God has made a provision for you to be healed. But now you, all the promises of God are yea and amen unto the glory of God by us. By us. Because it's the power of God that liveth and reigneth inside of you and it's activated by His faith working through you. Amen. You get intense, I get intense because I watch people die that don't need to die. But if you don't have the knowledge of the Word, if you don't know that you've already been healed 2,000 years ago, then this is what you do. Jesus, please hear me, Lord. I'll do anything. Lord, I'm, just, I'm standing believing that I'm going to be healed. And while you're standing believing that you're going to be healed, you don't have the knowledge that you've already been healed. What I'm giving you is not a popular message, but what I am giving you will bring victory in your life. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Glory to the Lamb of God. All things have been given to you. You lack nothing. 
You're a brand new creation, and in that creation you have all things. And if you will believe, and if you will speak to the mountain, and if you will stand. You see, we were talking about Jairus. Jesus looked at him and said, only believe. I know your daughter's dying. I know the servant. The servant come and said, your daughter's already dead. Only believe. Only believe. Jairus had an option. He could only believe or he could disbelieve. They go to Jairus' house. What does Jesus do? He throws all of the ones who won't believe out of the house. Because your option is only to believe. I know what it's like to only believe. I'm living in, I'm, I'm, I'm laying in the jungles of Africa, so sick. On a couch, throwing up and diarrhea, fever. Two days in the jungle, the devil trying to take my life. But the Lord had given me the word of God on my way there and said, you will come home. I haven't said this over television, but I might as well get it out. I have COVID. I had COVID. There was a there was a part there, if you'll look back on my streaming, that I was gone for about a month. The reason is, is because I was home wondering if I was gonna make it. It was bad. In my flesh I didn't know. In my soul, I didn't know. But I will tell you that in my spirit, I knew that COVID would not kill me. Why? Because by his strife, I am healed. He sent his one to heal me. Only believe. I stand on the word of God. There is no higher power, and there is no higher realm of faith than believing in the Word. And multitudes of people all over the world that have died from COVID, they're going to hear this, and they're going to click, 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 turn it off, simply because they're going to say, I don't have no compassion, I don't have no love, all of these different things. I'm just telling you, God has made a provision through His Word. Do his word that the devil can't take your life any time that he wants. Disease can't take your life any time that it wants. Luke chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. And he gathered his disciples and gave them power over every devil and power over every disease. Well, I'm a disciple and you're a disciple. Intense message today. I'm sorry I can't give you a nursery rhyme. It's the Word of God. It's how
how to walk, it's how to operate, it's how to live according to the power and the glory of Almighty God, to the power and the authority that has been given. I don't know all of the answers, but I can tell you this, I'm not where I once used to be, I'll tell you that. I know the power and the glory of God and what He's given, and we can walk in it or not walk in it. You can't expect Jesus to do what He's already done. In Mark chapter 11 verse 23. Mark 11, 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You know what's so powerful about this word? It didn't say that you wouldn't have a mountain. You're going to have a mountain. But what it's telling you is that you're the one that can remove it. Yeah. If you will believe that these things will come to pass. What does that mean? That means that you speak it. You believe it. You bring yourself to the place to receive it. You take it because the Bible take it by force. And then you wait for it to manifest itself from the spiritual world. Spirit man, because that's the spiritual world. You wait for it to manifest itself by your faith over that bridge into this physical world, into this body. And do not doubt in your heart. Yes. And if this is not true, then I'm going to go drive a truck. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say to you, the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according that God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. We've already dealt with this, but this is what you need to say. The grace given unto me. What is the grace of God? It's the power of God. It's the love of God. Grace and faith is the only way that you can get saved. Grace and faith is the only way that you can get healed. Grace and faith is the only way that you can be delivered. Grace and faith is the only way that you come into prosperity. Grace and faith. Because the, the Lord Jesus Christ has commanded that grace abound to you. Grace is constantly trying to catch you so that it can surround you and abound you. But you can't get it done by grace alone. It takes faith.
Look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Watch this now. This is powerful. Without love, your faith ain't working. You don't have love, your faith ain't working. I don't care what you speak to the mountain. I don't care what you command or what you don't command. I don't care what you say. I don't care any of those things. Without love, your faith ain't working. They just become empty words. In fact, is, let me tell you what the word says. Clanging symbols. So when you make comments, amen, because you just want to be tough, when you make comments and you just want to get a point across, when you make comments, amen, and it's not in love, it's a forceful thing, empty words. Because it's only through love that your faith works. Doesn't matter what your opinion is. The only thing that matters is whether or not your faith is working in love. Because he gave you his faith, and I guarantee you his faith is working in love. But if you're not working in love, then his faith is non-existent. Well, that's a good word, church. Love. So when you get angry with somebody, when you disagree with somebody, your faith only works well. That's the word of God. That's why, that's why a lot of people faith is not working because it's not working in his life. How do I know that? Because he says, Jesus says, that if you know the perception of depth, if you know the perception of height, if you know the perception of breadth, then it will fill you with the fullness of God. Yes. What? It will fill you with the fullness of God. What is the fullness of God? L O V E. You see, we got a problem. We don't understand that it's love that makes everything work. We think that it's by our voice or our sternness or our mentality or it's because of us. No, it's because of love. How do we live? Love. Tell you the struggle that I went through. I was thinking about it on my way over to church today. Because I have been blessed with the revelations of God's Word and He has revealed to me a multitude of things. And as I walk in this power and authority, you know what the tendency is? 
The tendency is that if you're not walking in the revelation of it, you think that everybody else is lower than you. And when I say lower than you, because you haven't come to the revelation and you haven't, they haven't come and it's their own fault. No, not their own fault. And when I say it's not their own fault, it is their own fault, but they've not tapped into what they're supposed to tap into. And there's multitudes of people like that. Because in order to tap into the righteousness and the revelation of God, you got to be hungry. Because if you're not hungry, you won't eat. And just because everybody else is eating at the table and you come and you're not hungry doesn't mean that you don't belong at the table. Is somebody getting this here? Yes. Yeah. You see, 20-some years ago, I'm crying out to God because my heart is crying out as Paul's heart cried out. I'm not trying to put myself in the same place that Paul is. I'm just telling you where his heart was and my heart. Because this is what Paul was crying out. He's saying, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection being made conformable unto his death. Paul was crying out to know him. And I had come to know that there had to be more about Jesus than church. There had to be more about Jesus than ministry. There had to be more about people getting saved and people getting touched and people getting healed and people being brought forth in the power. I knew there had to be more and I was lacking the more. Because this is what most people believe. That the more is church, ministry, doing the work of God. You see, the more is never about the things that you do. It's about the things he's already done. So 20 years ago, I'm up at 5 o'clock, I'm doing a revival in Baltimore, Maryland. My wife and my children are in the bedroom. And I'm out in the hall. And I'm crying and I'm weeping. I know there's more. I know there's more. You said that you came to give us abundant life. I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And I said, Lord, I'm telling you, I don't have the abundantly. I know within me I don't have the abundantly. I have life. You saved my soul. I preach your gospel. I go all over the world preaching your gospel, healing people, touching people. But I don't have joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's new every morning to me. I don't have that, and I know there's more. And he says very silently, I'm 
going to reveal myself to you. That's what he says when you're searching for the more. Because that's all he can do is reveal himself. That's what he did with Moses. I want to see your glory, Lord. And God says, you can't see my glory because the Shekinah glory has not yet come. But I will put you on my hinder part. And I said, Lord, I want to see the Shekinah glory. I want Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm going to reveal myself to you. Not just to me, to anybody who is hungry. You see, you got to be hungry. It's got to, if I don't have it, I'll die. If I don't have it, I'll die of thirst. There's a drought. I have to have that life-giving water. And to many, that's just being born again and filled in the Holy Ghost. And I'm talking beyond that. I'm talking about rivers flowing out of your belly that are life-giving. I'm talking about you waking up every morning and it's new and it's wonderful and it's glorious and you never have burnout because of it. I'm going to reveal myself to you. You know what I expected? Fireworks. The grand finale. You ever been to a fireworks display? Amen. And right at the end, I mean fireworks to go and the sky is lit up. Amen. Fireworks and fire all over the place. That's what I was expecting, but it didn't happen. I thought that more souls would get saved. That didn't happen either. Souls got saved. More healing. That didn't happen either. But little by little, he began to give me revelation that changed my heart, my thinking, and my walk. I stand today 20 years past and I stand today in the place of revelations starting back then. You're going to say, well, tell me, Pastor, how can we come to that place? How can we come to that place? I believe the only way that you can come to that place is when you come to the end of yourself. There's nowhere else to go. And you understand that it's not about you. It's about Him. It's 
not about you or what you do or who you are. It's about him. And when I came to the end of myself, another chapter opened. And that was the beginning of him. The beginning of him. When I began to understand the revelation. One of those revelations, and I just spoke about it a minute ago, is love. Love. The Word of God says love covers a multitude of sin. I'm just going to change the word just a little bit because love covers a multitude of everything. And you know what love is about? Intimacy. <laughs> and I believe that intimacy is one of the main ingredients that is missing in the body of Christ today. You know why? Because we're too bound by our characters and we're too bound by who we are and what we believe and what we think that needs to be done and we're never, ever, ever dealt in love. The end of yourself, the beginning of your You become free. Free. A lot of the things that you used to believe in drop off. You just drop off and you don't even know they're gone except, wow, what a transformation. Because there's a renewing of your mind. I don't think the way that I used to think. Oh, there's times that my mouth will speak things like a tough guy. I still got that down inside of me. Amen. And every once in a while when flesh will rise up, you know what flesh does? The mouth speaks. But it doesn't take me very long to understand that it's my flesh and there's nothing that you can do with flesh. Because that's where multitude of us are. We're not motivated by love. We're motivated by flesh. And you're not going to receive what you need to receive through the Spirit, through flesh. It has to be through faith and love. Ephesians, I'm going to close with this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height. If I was to ask you right now, what is the perception of depth in God's love? What is the perception of height in God's love? 
What is the perception of life in God's love? And what is the perception of breath in God's love? Would you be able to describe and explain to me what he's talking about here? Because here's the reality. He says that when you get it, when you understand it, and that's what he says to comprehend with all things, when you get it, he said that it will fill you full of it. You'll be full of men. Wow. That's what he said. That's his promise. You'll be full of men. You will be full of men. Look at, I'm going to skip to the last scripture, brother. Romans chapter 7, verse 18. We've been taught that self-esteem is good. That's what we've been taught. I don't believe self-esteem is good at all. I believe that Jesus' esteem is good and godly, and God's esteem is good. I don't sell self-esteem. You know, let me deal with this. Let's read the scripture. Paul said it. For I know that in me that is in my flesh, he's talking about his flesh now, dwelleth no good thing. Paul, no good thing? Nothing in my flesh is good? What he's saying, we don't believe that. We should believe it, but we don't believe it. And no good thing in my flesh. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. You see, we're talking here about a man that had the greatest teachers, who was a, a Pharisee of the, of the Sanhedrin, and he's saying, I know what good is, but I don't know how to do it. In my flesh, there's no good thing. Should we be bold? Absolutely. Should we be confident? Absolutely. Should we be more than a conqueror? Absolutely. Should we be the head and not the tail? Absolutely. But not through our own power. Not through our own power. Because what does the Word of God say in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3? By His divine power, all things pertaining to life and godliness have been given to the knowledge and the virtue of Him. When we come to the end of ourselves, we'll begin to walk in the beginning of God. When you come to the beginning of God, what does the scripture say? I walked out into the water, and the water was up to my ankles. 
and I walked a little bit further and it was up to my knees and until I was swimming. That's 20 years in my life. That river is 20 years in my life walking to where I'm completely immersed now in the Word of God and understanding what the Word of God and how dominant it can be in your life. Praise the Lamb of God. What a powerful word. Contending for the faith. It's not a battle that you're trying to win. The battle that you're trying to win is walking by faith. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today. That the mighty name of Jesus Christ shall be exalted. And Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you, Lord, for the people that you're touching all over the world. Thank you, Lord, for the mothers that are being touched all over the world. I'll give you all the praise and all of the glory that the mighty name of Jesus Christ shall be exalted. Praise the love of God. I want to bring to your attention, amen, uh, our website, www.rocksolidtruth.com. Go there, praise the Lamb of God, and you'll be seeing what we're doing throughout the world, Liberia, Kenya, amen, uh, India, Jamaica, amen. Glory to the Lamb of God. We would love to have you as a partner, but more than that, we, would, we desire your prayers. Please keep the ministry in your prayer, amen. Continue to pray for me, amen. And continue to pray as we endeavor to spread the gospel throughout the entire world. Praise the Lamb of God. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth. Go with God and I guarantee you, He will go 